We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman. Good to be with you today for this edition of AFA at the Core. We got a jam-packed show full of great content and great guests. We're going to have on the president and founder of American Heritage Girls next segment. You know, we interviewed our good friend in Florida about the Trail Life USA, about Trail Life USA. And uh, now we're going to talk to uh, another good friend about American Heritage Girls. So we've got a place for the guys, and now we're about to have a place for the girls uh, as far as a, uh, a good place for uh, young kids, boys and girls, where they can fellowship, where they can be discipled, where they can learn, where they can have their character built. Um, with these uh, different troops, with uh, these different troops, whether it be with Trail Life USA or American Heritage Girls, this is the alternative to the Boy Scouts. This is the alternative to the Boy Scouts. Uh, and we have one for the guys and one for the gals. And we don't mix the two. You want to know why we don't mix the two? Because we believe in the book of Genesis that God created us male and female. So there, there are certain things that the guys do that the girls don't do. And there are certain things that the girls do that the guys don't do. That is Biology 101. That's Genesis 101. And that's what we believe in here at American Family Association. And we believe that God created male and female to complement one another and to reflect his creation, his kingdom, uh, whether it be the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. That's what Scripture says. Speaking of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 29 and 30, Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. So don't be out there trying to stir up trouble for no reason. That's a lesson we can take from Proverbs chapter 3, 29 and 30. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason. And we all know, we've all probably been in situations where you ask yourself, why on earth are we arguing again? <laughs> and the answer is, well, we're, we don't really have a reason to be here arguing. So let's move on. Let's put our egos beside us. Our, let's put our egos behind us. How about that? Um, and put others before ourselves. Um, jumping right into the news of the day. Hey, this uh, Canadian pastor we put out an action alert on this today asking you to write a word of encouragement to a pastor, Pastor Tobias Tisson in Canada, in the Manitoba province in Canada. He was put in jail, this Christian pastor, he was put in jail because he was having church services. Imagine that. And the authorities told Pastor Tisson that he could get out of jail on one under one condition, if he would not have church again. 
Well, what did he say? He said, no thanks to the deal. If I get out of jail, I'm going to have church. <laughs> and so they kept him about another 48 hours, 43 hours to be technical. And they ended up letting him out, and he's having church services. So good for Pastor Tisson, Tobias Tisson in Manitoba, Canada. He did not bow. He did not kowtow to the totalitarian leaders there in Canada. Instead, he said, I will worship God, and my church will worship God, and good for him. He was ended up being released. The authorities relented, and he won that fair and square. And so go to afa.net right there on the homepage. Sign the petition supporting this pastor. Sign the note of encouragement supporting this pastor. A modern-day apostle Paul is what we're calling him. Good for him. We need more men like him. More men with some backbone who don't kowtow to the people who want to destroy our values and our country and the body of Christ. Um, moving on to a few other things. This um, story I've been meaning to get to for a while now, but here we are. You know, uh, I've, I've talked over and over again about this, uh, the narrative and the established um, narrative that the jabs are safe and effective. You know, we watch the news, we listen to the talk, listen to the talking heads, we listen to the politicians in Washington, and they all say, "Oh, the shots are safe and effective. The COVID nineteen vaccine, safe and effective," with no disclaimer, by the way, absolutely no disclaimer. And I, I noted to my wife the other day. I mean, you can't hardly watch a a commercial promoting a medication without like a hundred disclaimers. This uh, medication could cause you to lose your left ear. This medication could cause headaches. This medication could cause nausea, so on and so forth. This medication could cause death. And and you're you're at the end of these commercials for these big pharmaceutical companies. You're going. So why would I take that anyway? <laughs> why would I take that? By the way, if it can do all these things, uh, all these side effects. So. But then, then the consumer weighs out the pros and the cons. They weigh out, is it worth me taking this medication if I'm going to experience these potential side effects? But with the, with the jab, folks, it's safe and effective. No need for side effects listed. No need for a disclaimer. Fully 100% safe and effective. And to that, I say, you are pulling my leg. You can't say that. That's not true. All right? That's not true. Every medication, virtually every medication on the market has potential side effects, okay? And we accept that. Tylenol, ibuprofen, Motrin, whatever you're talking about, you read the back of the bottle, there's like 10 side effects, and you go, okay, am I willing to injure one of these possible side effects to take this medication to benefit from it from another area? But I digress. The clip I want to play here is from Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson was on with Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business Channel this past week, and he was noting that, hey, um, there have been reported side effects, even deadly side effects or deadly effects uh, as a result of the COVID jab in the VAERS Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System database that is set up by our own government to monitor adverse reactions to vaccines. Uh, there have been thousands of deaths 
associated with the jab and hundreds of thousands of adverse reactions associated with the jab. Let's listen to clip three, Senator Ron Johnson. I've been asking the question, is the FDA in bed with big pharma? I mean, look, you were one of the first to say, let's try ivermectin. This is a Merck drug. It's been used on billions of people for other disease. And Merck makes ivermectin. Now we see that's off patent. It's only a couple of dollars a dose. And yet they've got a new drug now, Merck does, that's $700 a dose. They're going to be making big money on these vaccines and drugs, Pfizer and Moderna on the vaccines and Merck on this drug as well. What happened to ivermectin? Well, there's not money in it. And so you have the drug companies, you have the FDA, you have the health agencies denigrating and scaring people about ivermectin. But here's the stats on ivermectin. On the FDA's early warning system, 379 deaths associated with ivermectin over 25 years. Yeah. 379 versus 16,766 for the COVID vaccine. Wow. What is going on? You know, same thing with hydroxychloroquine. I don't know. 1,600 voices or yeah. 1,600 deaths. So again, there's something going on here. Uh, I believe it's sinister. I can't explain it, but hopefully eventually the truth will come out. And so Senator Ron Johnson simply making the point that, hey, the FDA is over here wigging out over ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, issuing issuing these fear-mongering press releases about you shouldn't use that. I mean, you've even had state medical boards ban the use of these medications that have been widely accepted for decades. But then all of a sudden we get this brand new jab and then, oh, we got to do it. We got to do it. Ignore the side effects. Ignore the adverse reactions. Let's put this thing in your arm. And so a complete double standard. And when it comes to the pricing structure, I mean, this is a complete sham. We have ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which cost a couple bucks. Widely available, proven effective, according to the studies. And then uh, Merck. Uh, Pfizer's coming out with this pill that basically does the same thing as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, but instead, or Merck technically is the name of the company, but they're coming out with this drug that's like 700 bucks, but it does the same thing as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Um, but we can't use those because those are cheap and they can't get rich off of the cheap pills. Instead, we got to use the expensive ones, right? Um, talking about adverse reactions, the... Um, This is a Denver police officer. This is a tragic story, by the way. In early August, this is from westernjournal.com. In early August, Denver Mayor Michael B. Hancock announced a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. He declared that all city employees and even some private sector employees who worked in, quote, high-risk settings, end quote, must be jabbed by September 30th. Jose Monriquez a seven-year veteran with the Denver Police Department faced with the prospect of losing his job, he opted to get the vaccine. Uh, Manriquez is also a 12-year veteran with the Army National Guard and a father of four. He had his first dose of the Pfizer jab on August 22nd. Well, he says, quote, that week I started developing body ache, pain in my legs, end quote. It goes on to say that, quote, the next week, August 31, I tried going into work. My legs hurt a lot more, end quote. He ended up getting sent home from work, from being a police officer, because his legs were in such pain. He says, quote, and on my way home, I couldn't feel my feet anymore. I couldn't feel the gas pedal or the brake pedal. 
and pretty much had to call for help to get home, and I barely made it, end quote. And so this uh, Denver police officer is basically uh, having trouble walking. That's just plain, plain and clear to put it. He says, quote, I can't be outside with my kids anymore. We've got soccer season. It's life-changing, and the doctor says it could get worse before it gets better, and if I do get better, it's going to be years. So this police officer in Denver was coerced into getting this experimental shot, and now he's essentially paralyzed and can't walk. And my question is, why is this story not being told on all the mainstream media outlets? Because it undermines the established narrative by Big Pharma, the CDC, and the Biden administration, and all these major corporations. And that's the thing about journalism and the media is we can't be all or nothing. We cannot just cover the jab in a positive light. It's saving lives. Everybody's got to give it. Five to 11-year-olds, everybody's got to get the jab. But when people like this Denver police officer have a very, very serious adverse reaction, we bury it. We bury the story. No, we need to cover this story more because people need to hear both sides. If you want to cover the stories about people who think that their lives have been saved by the jab, fine, cover their story. It's America. But let's also talk about this story, okay? Because the public needs to see both sides so that the public can make informed decisions and we can have such thing as informed consent. Because right now, I would argue that a lot of people aren't really having informed consent. They're getting a one-sided narrative. They're getting the data manipulated and twisted. We talked with Dr. David Wiseman, who's a former top 66 Johnson & Johnson researcher. He said they are meddling They are meddling with the data. The University of Minnesota, the CDC, and the FDA, they're meddling with the data to such an extent they are producing reports and and studies that just are not accurate. And they're basing public policy on these faulty, shaky reports. And that we shouldn't have. Transparency accountability is what we need. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The formation of an imagination is an incredible thing to witness. With real-life experiences, storybook memories, and consumed media all playing a role, your daughter is coming up with original creative thoughts and ideas. Forming a girl's moral imagination from a young age is critical. Deciphering right from wrong, good from evil, righteousness from sin, they're all lessons that can be learned and developed through story at a young age. Consider adding some classic literary works to your daughter's library. The Chronicles of Narnia is a popular Christ-honoring story beloved by generations of girls and parents alike. Not only are there valuable lessons on morality to be learned, but reading a book together makes space for valuable one-on-one time with your girl. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed in the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, or you can download the American Family Radio app on your uh, app store, whatever kind of device you use. And lastly, we are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to AFA at the Core on Facebook or YouTube, and you can watch the show live there uh, on either of those platforms. Uh, one clip I want to play before we jump into our guest and I introduce my uh, my brother Wesley, who's in with us each Tuesday and Thursday here, is I want to play this clip to wrap up this uh, topic of of, uh, of of the vaccination, especially with children. I mean, it's one thing for an adult, for a grown adult, um, to make a, a, a informed decision, uh, assuming they have all the information, uh, to get injected with some kind of substance or some kind of shot. Um, but now they're talking about doing this to our children, all right? They're talking about doing this to our children, uh, which which ups the ante big time. Uh, this is a Yale epidemiologist, uh, uh, Professor Dr. Harvey Risch, R-I-S-C-H. He is on with Mark Levin here. This is about a two-minute clip, so bear with me. But this is Dr. Harvey Risch from Yale. He's an epidemiologist, and he is responding to the question of what he would do if it was if people were trying to coerce his child into getting the jab clip four let's listen the cdc director comes out and not only that they're still going to have to wear masks you hear dr fauci you know people have played the endless contradictions coming out of his mouth and the endless uh, television and other media appearances he has this has to be one of the worst 
year, year and a half, two year periods of information provided to the American people by the so-called scientific and medical community that I can ever remember. Well, as far as I can tell, that it's a top-down structure and most doctors do not get their information by going back and reading the original studies and making up their own minds. They get fed the information from pharma reps or from what they're told from societies and the conflicts are legion and so it's no surprise that most doctors don't pay attention and think what they're told. If you're a parent and you have a seven or eight year old, the federal government is going to insist that those kids get vaccinated. Or if you live in a state like California where Governor Newsom is going to do that and so forth, and he has a horrific record, most of these governors do, not all, but most, what would you do? Would you get your kid vaccinated? Would you talk to your local doctor? What would you do? If the child has chronic conditions that make their risk appreciable, then there's a reason that they would, should be considered for vaccination. Other than that, if it were my child, I would homeschool them. Honestly, I would organize with other parents to take them out of the school and create homeschooling environments. There is no choice. Your child's life is on the line. It's not a high risk. Vaccination is not a high risk that's going to kill every child by doing so. However, it's enough of a risk that on the average, the benefit is higher for homeschooling than it is for, for vaccination and being in school. And that's just the bottom line. We were seeing employees in companies facing mandates quit or being fired. And now the public perceives that and companies are having a hard time replacing those employees in the climate of a bad employment circumstances and, and missing workers. It's getting even harder. And so those policies are being rethought when the people rebel because of their own interests, then it has to be reckoned. Uh, that's a Yale epidemiologist, not Walker Wildman. And his his quote there is uh, that the jab is more of a high risk scenario than simply going to school or being homeschooled. Uh, you're more likely to have an adverse reaction with the jab as opposed to without the jab, having a COVID infe infection naturally. In studio with me is my brother Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach. Wesley, glad to have you in studio with us. Hey, I'm glad to be here and always look forward to the opportunity to have a special guest on, so can't wait to get to that. Yes, I want to welcome to the show, AFA at the Core, Patty Garibay. She is founder and president of American Heritage Girls. Patty, welcome to AFA at the Core. Well, it's good to be with you guys today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, we had uh, we had uh, uh, John Stenberger. Uh, his name slipped me there for a minute. John Stenberger on a couple of weeks ago to talk about Trail Life USA, but when I had him on, I thought, why not have on American Heritage Girls, yeah. Patty? So tell our listeners a little bit about American Heritage Girls, how you guys started, and kind of where you are today. Absolutely. American Heritage Girls was birthed from a group of families literally around the kitchen table who were sharing a concern about the direction of the Girl Scouts USA at that time. And that was all the way back in 1993 when they decided that they were no longer going to mandate an oath to God in their Girl Scout promise, that an asterisk would be by the Lord's name. You could put whatever word or nothing at all if that's what you believed in. And, of course, we started to do some investigation as to why, after 110 years, were they making this big change? And, boy, were our eyes as parents really opened to see what the true agenda of the Girl Scouts was. And so as a result of, of rather than cursing the darkness, we lit a candle. And in 1995, we started American Heritage Girls, which is America's premier faith-based scout-type character development program for girls that honors Christ and all of that it does. 
Hey, this is Wesley here. I just want to say thank you so much for holding the line mm. on on the issues that are important to the Christian and to the Christian worldview. Because as the boy, as the Girl Scouts ended up doing making that decision, as we know, a year, a few years back, the Boy Scouts made their decision to change their um, to open up their to have basically uh, women, men and women collaborate together. And, and of course, uh, those that were uh, homosexuals could serve in leadership. So, uh, y'all came along uh, them to help to help birth the uh, what was it Walker there Trail Life Trail, Trail Life, Life USA. USA. But but Patty, you guys came first, right? That's right. We came first, and actually, in the the year two thousand nine, during this journey, we were so excited because the Boy Scouts of America at that time asked us to be their girl partner. We shared a lot of the same values. They were still morally straight. They had just gone to the Supreme Court and defended the Dale case Mm. that said that they could demand that of their members. But yet, in 2013, they had made their change, and that was when we had to disassociate with the Boy Scouts of America and help to start Trail Life USA. So you never know what God's going to ask you to do. Start a girls' organization and then maybe even start a boys' organization as well. You know, Patty, what seems striking here and seems very evident is all these form all these groups that had very good foundings and this is could be the story parable of our country um <clears throat> stories of of being founded on principle on biblical principles firm convictions core values as you guys have now at the American Heritage Girls they they always seem to water down their convictions eliminate their convictions in the name of reaching more people, but you're you're reaching people with nothing. I mean, with like cotton candy. It's like fake and fluffy, and it doesn't really have any nutritional value. It's so critical, and I give so much credence to you guys for having convictions and keeping them, and that has helped you grow, hasn't it? It truly has, while you're seeing other scouting organizations, because they have left the trail, so to speak, where they have been misguided, that they have sold out for more members or the almighty dollar or whatever it might be. Organizations like American Heritage Girls and Trail Life are seeing exponential growth. I do believe parents today are looking for a parenting toolbox. Uh, There just aren't enough arrows in the quiver truly for us to combat what this nation and these mores that are now so throughout our nation are really, they're, they're after our kids and we need we need antidotes, we need uh, arrow full of quivers, we need a lot of work to help gr- girls and boys navigate today's society. And American Heritage Girls is one of those arrows. Hey, you know, um, not everybody, obviously, is able to homeschool, or even in many cases aren't even to, able to afford or have uh, a Christian education close by that they can go to. But we found that ministries and organizations like yourself help out so much to complement what the parents and the are and, and um uh, the parents and the grandparents and the aunts and uncles are trying to teach their children. So tell our audience a little bit about what this looks like outside of school because this could be a very very good resource and tool for those that are looking for other types of uh, activities and entertainment that would complement what you're what they're trying to teach their children at home. Mm, Very well said. That's exactly what we're all about, is to come alongside the families and the church to help to undergird the values that they're teaching so we can take Sunday school off the shelf and bring it into everyday life. 
because American Heritage girls, they meet in troops, and these troops are of like-minded girls and adults that mentor them. Uh, they In one troop, you can have a girl from age 5 to 18, so it's very family-friendly. If you have multiple daughters, they can be in the same troop, but yet our program is very much experiential education that builds upon a concept. So the older the girl is, the more she's going to learn, and, and even the ability to teach the younger girls. So it's a beautiful Titus II kind of model that really provides a framework for future adulting, I like to say. <laughs> so if you're concerned about your daughter and her having the confidence and the skills and the belief in Jesus that she needs to navigate today's crazy world, you're going to want to involve her in American Heritage Girls. Because what those girls do is they do badge programs, service projects, leadership opportunities, outdoor experiences, all with the emphasis of the Christian values that you're trying to instill at home. It's a very affordable program. So social social mean or uh, what shall I say? Financial means are not sure. a concern at all. Right. Um, we come alongside the church. So if your church wants to grow, if they want more members, if they mm-hmm. want to reach more young families, an American Heritage Girl ministry, along with a Trail Life ministry, that's really super good. You, now you've created a family ministry, mm. will really attract members to your church. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website. We'll post that on my podcast page at AFR.net. Patty, thank you so much for coming on. Please, please keep up the good work. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. That's Patty Garibay from American Heritage Girls, founder and president there. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website. If you are interested, if you have a daughter or granddaughter and you're interested, or if you're a pastor and you're interested in partnering with American Heritage Girls, bringing that to your church as a program, along with Trail Life USA, that would be an excellent thing to do. Uh, Wesley, what else you got? You got a few topics for us to discuss. I do, but before I get to the topic that I want to discuss for today, I want to give a shout-out to a handful of my baseball team. My baseball team and friends of mine and all the young adults out there that are listening to AFR, I just want to give a shout-out. There's a guy named – we've uh, I coach a seven-year-old travel baseball team, and I say travel, but really we never leave uh, Lee County. You know, right around our area we play – uh, but we we play uh, year round, just about, and we I really enjoy coaching, teach the boys about life. But uh, we've had three of our twelve boys get saved in the last three or four months, and one of the kids came up, one of my players came up to me a couple months back and said, "Man, I listen to your brother all the time on AFR. four. He's seven. <laughs> yeah, you texted me his He's name seven. the other day. Yeah, so, and so his name is Bo. Bo. So Bo is listening to AFA at the core right now. I'm pretty sure. Shout and out to Bo. Shout Thank out you, to Bo. Bo. Good on you, Bo. That's right. Yes, sir. Um, so I, I, I just wanted to know that. I just wanted to remind our audience that we've got a bunch of young listeners and a bunch of really good families listening. I'm, we're so grateful for all those that's tuned in. Okay, so the topic for the day with the four or five minutes we've got left, I'll jump right here. I was listening this weekend. Uh, or listening. I was watching. I was watching a, a football program. Football this weekend. I was watching Mississippi State versus Vanderbilt, and on there there was a commercial that came up that I was able to hear. I wasn't watching at the time, but I had the TV going. And the commercial came up, and it was uh, Coach Corbin, the baseball coach for Vanderbilt. He was on there, and he was talking about how he was part of a council to help racial uh, equity – or, sorry, iniquity. No, no you're right. That's equity. right. Racial, racial equity and social justice. And I said, what? what's that about? So I began to look into it, and I discovered, as many of our audience here, where there's so many things that happened so fast – Sometimes we miss things, and I miss this. I don't don't remember this happening, but a year ago, 
Southeastern Conference, the SEC, on a Thursday, August 20th, SEC Council on Racial Equity and Social Justice was birthed. Mm-hmm. And here are a couple of the comments from Greg Sankey, and then I'll read some of their mission statements, if you will, or some of their bullet points on what they're trying to accomplish. He said, an important movement has been ignited around equitable treatment of all underrepresented minorities, and the SEC is determined to be a leader in the pursuit of meaningful and lasting change. Okay, all right, here's another one. He says, today's youth are our leaders for change, and tomorrow, by listening and asking and seeking their insight and counsel, we've begun to share a journey of racial equity. Yeah, but this one's a little different. This one's changing it up on you? Yeah, equality. (laughs) They they bounce back and forth between equity and equality. Uh, But here's the point that I wanted to get to, and that they uh, all this sounds in passing or just in a commercial, it sounds very virtuous. And in many cases, in many cases, when you listen to a handful of these people like Coach Corbin, they I would I would even give them the benefit of the doubt, meaning that they have good pure, intentions. good intentions and pure motives on this. However, the conclusion to this is what you get is you get a lot of CRT because here is some of their statements. It yeah. says this. This is what they want to accomplish. Through this council, this is what they want to accomplish. Improving education on racial and social issues for all stakeholders. That's CRT. That's critical race theory. That's critical race theory. Ra- raising awareness to racial iniquity. Iniquity. Racial iniquity and social injustice. Mm-hmm. That's CRT. Right. That's what they want to accomplish. And look, this is what I want to say. While the media and the government and big tech want to divide us by our race, let me say this, and this is a declaration of unity. We are all Americans. We are all Americans. We're not. We're not. We should not be divided up by our race. By which is made. What that that in of itself is made up. Right. Because because technically there's only one race, the human race. Well, that, that's what I wanted to say. Because let me just add one more layer to this. The Bible sees this like this. There's only one race, the human race. Caucasian, Africans, Asian, Indians, all all the different types of. Those are all different types of ethnicities, and I believe that there should be a performance-based measurement, not a skin color-based measurement, as it relates to hiring students. Sounds like something like we should focus on character. Yeah. The content of one's character. Yeah, so MLK said it even better than I said it, obviously. He said that I look for a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, by the content of their character. Boom. So that's what we need to go by, Martin Luther King Jr. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. Here's another of our core values. We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And we thank you for your support. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies, very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS, his mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ, they prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere. And I said, Ahmed, those Bibles, they're coming. Bible League invites you to send God's word to Bibleist believers around the world in our campaign The World Needs the Word at only $5 a Bible, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org Org. My name is Vladimir. I received my Operation Christmas Child shoebox during a harsh winter in Ukraine where I grew up. My favorite item was minty dental floss. I remember thinking, wow, I guess they have interesting candy in America. I want children to experience the same unconditional love I did at the age of nine. To learn more or to pack a shoebox gift online, please visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC. That's SamaritansPurse.org OCC. Send joy to a child in need with Operation Christmas Child. Simply pack a shoebox with fun toys, school supplies, and hygiene items. Then bring it to a drop-off location during National Collection Week, November 15th through the 22nd. You can also build a shoebox online. The best part is the good news of Jesus Christ is shared alongside your gift. And each child is given the opportunity to participate in a life-changing discipleship program. Visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC to learn more. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, we're have a, we have our orange letter campaign going on right now where you can send in a note of encouragement to believers, missionaries all around the world. Engage Magazine, which is a division of American Family Association, we partnered with a, a local uh, ministry here in North Mississippi that sends or that partners with missionaries and deploys missionaries all around the world. Um, so we've uh, partnered with Global Outreach. That's the name of the ministry. So we're going to send. You go to EngageMagazine.net, fill out a letter, write a note of encouragement to a missionary. We will send that note to the missionaries all around the world. Uh, so you can do that by going to engagemagazine.net. We will also post a link to that on the podcast page at AFR.net. And that's helpful for you to know as a listener is a lot of these links that I cite, we're going to post them on my page, on my show page at AFR.net on the website. Just go to AFR.net, click on the AFA at the Core podcast, and click on the 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 date or the show that you want to listen to or uh, get information from, and you can find the links there. Um, Treasury Secretary, you know, I cited, uh, I called her the Fed Chairman yesterday, but she's not. She's uh, Janet 
Jerome Powell is the Fed chairman. Janet Yellen is the Treasury secretary. Um, well, yesterday I talked about the Treasury secretary, Janet Yellen, and uh, how she admitted that inflation is here to stay. Well, I brought in a similar story, but a little more specifics. This is from westernjournal.com as well. And she was questioned by um, Ander. No, this was, uh, she was on CNN State of the Union. Uh, and, and she was questioned about when inflation is going to ease off and go back to normal 2% levels. Here's what she said, quote, well, I expect that to happen next year. So next year. So inflation rate, quote, the inflation rate will remain high into next year because that's what's already happened. Uh, so 14 months is what we're looking at for at least 14 more months. So we could be here this time next year in 12 months with still having inflationary problems, which is not good, not very good at all. Um, on the economy, I got a clip of this uh, Keystone XL contractor that was let go because, well, President Biden came into office and decided that instead of American America producing our own energy and, and, and uh, manufacturing and drilling for our own energy, instead we're going to just export that to OPEC and all these other big uh, oil conglomerates around the world and let them make money off of America instead of America making money off of America. Well, he was on with, uh, on Fox News uh, this morning, uh, talking with uh, talking to them about basically how President Biden has come into office and ruined everything. I mean, everything President Biden is touching, he's breaking, he's messing up. So let's listen to clip five. The high cost of oil and gas, the rising prices there, appear to have taken the Biden administration by surprise. Are you surprised by this? Uh, no, ma'am, I'm not surprised at all. Because everything that Biden's touched or done, it's a failure. It ain't nothing but a total failure. We went from America first to America last. Trump had it going on. The thing about it is we got all these high prices of oil and gas whenever we got drilling rigs stacked, we've got roustabout crews ready to go, we've got pipeline contractors with all of their equipment is stacked in the yards, and I can tell you right now, we can put America to work next week if we needed to. So, so we could do it. The president and his economic team could have America booming, energy independent if they wanted to. Uh, the the uh, uh, pipeline worker there, Lynn Allen was his name, He's saying we've got we've we basically when Trump was in office we mobilized uh, all this equipment all this manpower to keep building the Keystone XL pipeline between Canada and America so we could pump oil back and forth but instead President Biden just shut the whole thing down so they've got all this infrastructure all this um, uh, mobility all this equipment that they've mobilized just sitting up there kind of like the border wall I saw a picture we got all this steel. Uh, sitting in uh, Texas, just starting to rust, doing nothing, laying on the border, not being put together. Uh, another story I wanted to mention is out of Virginia. You know, we got this gubernatorial race uh, between uh, Terry McAuliffe, a Democrat, and um, Youngkin is his last name in Virginia. And Bobby, you got it. You got his first name, don't you? Glenn. Yeah, you're from you're from Virginia. Not from. From. But I, I passed you, through you, for you a time. You have been in Virginia. I, I was there for a spell. <laughs> so Glenn Youngkin's his name. 
So you got these two running against each other. And by the way, Terry McAuliffe used to be the governor of Virginia, right? He was once the governor of Virginia, a big Clinton ally, big Clinton associate. Um, and and Glenn Youngkin is running on the Republican ticket. So this, this election is next week, by the way. This gubernatorial race in Virginia is next week. If you look at the polls, it's very, very tight. Um, so the vice president, I mean, the Democrats are pulling out all stops, all right? They're pulling out all stops. We had Obama uh, in Virginia, and we got a clip of that in a few minutes. And then we had all kinds of other big names in the Democrat Party, Schumer, I believe, and others, all coming to Virginia to try to get Terry McAuliffe elected as governor again in Virginia. Well, another person who's lobbying for uh, Terry McAuliffe to become governor in Virginia is the vice president, Kamala Harris. You know, we really don't know what she does as vice president. She's pretty much MIA on pretty much every major topic, supply chain, border, you name it. She's MIA. We don't even know where she is, uh, what she's doing. But she had time to cut a video <laughs> endorsing Terry McAuliffe, all right? What you're saying, well, what's what's the problem here? What's the scandal here? Well, the problem is this video of Vice President Kamala Harris endorsing Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, has been played in over 300 churches in Virginia. 300 churches, over 300 churches have played this video in Virginia. And as if you haven't had your head in the sand the last 10 to 20 years, you will understand that churches, that nonprofit organizations endorsing Candidates is a big no-no according to federal law, according to IRS tax code. Let me just read for our audience here from the IRS website, all right? This is from irs.gov. The headline is, the title of this page on the IRS website is titled, The Restriction of Political Campaign Intervention by 501c3 tax-exempt organizations, which is your churches and your nonprofit organizations like American Family Association. Quote, under the Internal Revenue Code, all Section 501c3 organizations are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in or intervening in any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for elective public office, contributions to political campaign funds or public statements of position, verbal or written, made on behalf of the organization in favor of or in opposition to any candidate for public office, clearly violate the prohibition against political campaign activity. Violating this prohibition may result in denial or revocation of tax-exempt status in the imposition uh, and the imposition of certain excise, excise tax. So, Bobby, is it clear or not whether the vice president can lobby in churches for Terry McAuliffe. Yeah, it's very clear. In fact, uh, Congress, uh, I'm reading here where Congress updated the law in 87 as well in terms of uh, you can't even go against opposing candidates. So in terms of what Harris is trying to do in supporting uh, McAuliffe in his enterprise, uh, she also cannot go uh, into the same uh, type of situation and say, Hey, Glenn Youngkin, we don't uh, we don't support what you're espousing here. So it it cuts both ways, which means that the law has a lot of teeth, mm-hmm. and we'll see if the DOJ acts on it. Yeah, and see, see, folks, this is the reason I bring this up is because this shouldn't surprise us. All right, 
the Democrats have used churches to lobby for their candidates for a long, long time, and they've done so unscathed, unscrutinized. How dare we criticize churches that want to elect Democrats? But if you or I do that, and it happens to be in favor of a more conservative candidate that agrees with our worldview, well, then that's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. We walk around here at American Family Association dotting our I's, checking our T's, making sure that we're not endorsing candidates on our airwaves. But here we have the vice president, the vice president, endorsing the Democrat in Virginia for governor in churches. And the reason that this is a problem is because the law is only applied one way. I actually think churches ought to be able to do whatever on earth they want to do. I think churches should be able to endorse candidates, quite frankly. I think it's fine, even if I don't like the candidates. If a church wants to get involved and, and endorse a candidate and have them come speak on Sunday morning, more power to you. It's America. But the IRS and the politicians in Washington have decided to set this standard that nonprofits, well, we can't meddle around and endorse candidates. Okay, so now that that's established law and IRS standards, and we have to abide by that and live by it, well, we need to apply these rules across the board. But see, this is how the Democrats operate. It's rules for thee, but not for me. And that statement right there pretty much summarizes the entire way that the Democrat Party operates. You can get into the Clintons, to the Obamas, and all the scandals of the Democrat Party. It's rules for thee and not for me. That is their motto. And all I'm saying is, let's, let's, let's run it both ways. Let's apply the rules across the board. Either nonprofits can endorse candidates or they can't. It doesn't matter if you got an R by your name, a D by your name, if you're a Mormon or a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, either churches and nonprofits can endorse candidates or they can't. All right? Because I'll guarantee you, I will guarantee you, my friend, if, if a church, if a large evangelical church in 2024 ran a political ad by the Republican nominee for president in their church, in hundreds of churches across the country, the IRS and the Department of Justice, they would be sending dozens of agents to begin a federal inquiry of electioneering in our local churches. That's what they would do. They would lock people up left and right. They would bring in the attorney general's office. It would be they would clamp down because we have the rule of law. But if the Democrats do it, well, who's looking, right? Turn the other cheek. Who's looking? So we need to apply the rule of law across the board, no matter your political ideology. That's the conclusion there. Hey, the media... Um, uh, how journalists cover things is very important. And the language that is used by journalists is also very important. And that's why I'm proud that we have our own news team here at American Family Association called American Family News. AFN.net is the URL. 
AFN.net. We have our own journalists, our own writers, our own reporters that are reporting on the news of the day. But I bring up this topic because I came across a Newsmax article, and you think Newsmax, you think, man, that's that's like the Fox News alternative. That's great. Well, one of their writers just totally missed it on this story, and this story is out of Texas. Here's the headline out of Newsmax. Texas governor signs bill banning transgenders in girls' school sports. Okay, great. We don't want boys playing in girls' sports. Well, here's a problem with how Newsmax authored this piece. Here's the first paragraph. Pay attention. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday signed into law a bill banning transgender girls from participating in female sports at public schools. Joining a wave of similar measures emerging from Republican-controlled state houses across the country. Did you catch it? Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Monday signed into law a bill banning transgender girls from participating in female sports. Oh, no, 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 no. There is male and female. There's no such thing as transgender girls. Because if you buy into the premise that boys and girls can willy-nilly take hormones and go to the doctor and be cut on, and then all of a the sudden, they're the opposite sex, that, if you buy into that premise, you completely undermine God's designed order. You completely undermine Genesis, the book of Genesis, and the story of God's creation. There's no such thing as transgender girls. There's male and there's female. And what Texas is doing here is they're preventing biological males, they're preventing boys from competing in girls' sports. And so how we write the articles, how we write the headlines, sure does matter. There's male and female, and there's nowhere in between, and there's no change in how you're born, how God designed you. It all happens at conception. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.